0: Back then, while I was serving in NASA, I enjoyed everything. But really those things does not have an eternal value. And the 14 years as I served the church I became pastor. I really cherished those moments.
1: It's great to have you with us now for First Person, a weekly conversation with a guest who's been called and equipped by God to serve Christ in a unique way. This week, we turn our attention to China and learn how the Far East Broadcasting Company is making Christian disciples. We'll talk with Dr. James Wong of FEBC. First, though, a reminder to use our new smartphone app to listen to and not miss any of our programs. Available free in both the Apple and Android platforms, First Person Interview will allow you to download and take programs with you on the go. Download the app for free from your app store at your convenience. And along with our webpage, firstpersoninterview.com, I invite you to like our Facebook page as well. It's facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview, and there you can leave your comments and read the comments of other listeners as well. James Wong has a very interesting story of how God has led in his life. For many years, he built robots for NASA, machines that are still used in space today. Then he became a pastor, and now he is the executive director of Chinese Ministries at the Far East Broadcasting Company. And our conversation took place at the FEBC offices in La Mirada, California. Well, I want to get into the details of what God is doing through FEBC in China, but I want to talk about your story first. Okay. Now, you were born in Taiwan.
0: <laughs> yes, I was born in Taiwan. And
1: you were born into a believing family. Uh, your yes. family goes back many generations of, yes. of uh, exhibiting faith in Christ.
0: Yeah, I'm fifth generation Christian. And my first generation, I would say, my great-great-grandmother and grandfather, they're the first generation, not only Christian, also first generation pastor and pastor's wife.
1: Okay, and that goes back in history to what point in Chinese uh, history it's then?
0: It's about late 18th century. All right. Victorious time.
1: My goodness, your family has uh, quite a history, then.
0: Yeah, it is a long history and long story. Because my great great grandmother was, her parents died when she was very young. Mm -hmm. So they older brothers and sisters and couldn't take care of her. So they were forced to send her to a orphanage or boarding school. Mm -hmm. I would say rather called boarding school. Mm -hmm. And the boarding school happened to be uh, operated by a missionary. Oh. So she received equivalent to like twelve years of education. Back then it was unheard of in Qing Dynasty huh. for women.
1: So the work yeah. of those missionaries generations yeah. ago is right. still paying dividends today yes. through yeah. people like you.
0: Yes. Yeah. So we are so blessed. We received grace for five generations. And including my kids who will be six generations. We're so yeah. thankful for their missionary and as well as for God's grace. Right. Definitely.
1: But we know of course that faith has to be personal.
0: Yes.
1: When did it become personal for you?
0: I always say that God does not have grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> Even Chinese grandchildren? <laughs> Everyone has to, we have only godfather. We don't have God a grandfather.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: So when I was young, actually, I was a very, very rebellious kid. Okay. Although I, I went to church with my parents, but during the rest of the time, I was a wild kid. Oh. When I was in, in I would say junior high time, Actually, some of those, uh, I go to a, a, a group of very bad friends. After school, we went out to some orchids, and we actually steal things and do bad things. Oh. Then, in the last semester, I was in junior high, and someone invited me to join the church's uh, youth group. Then after I joined the youth group, I found out uh, the life of this group of people are so different. I do not enjoy to go with the others anymore, <laughs> and that is a time. Actually, I became a child of God, not a grandchild of God. Okay, God doesn't have grandchildren. You put your
1: faith and trust in Christ at yes. that point. Yes. All right, and you were yes. living in Taiwan. I, I live what in were Taiwan. the circumstances of you coming to the States then? When and when did you come to the U.S.? Uh,
0: I came to the States in 1982 to pursue uh, my advanced degree. And try to get uh, my doctor' degree over here.
1: All right, and your degree is in science. I know you're a scientist, so
0: uh, yes, actually, it's in robotics. Um, my major was in electrical engineering, so when I was doing my when I was doing my robotics uh doctoral research, I focused on robotics control. okay. And then, after that happened, NASA needs someone. Uh, in this area to start up a robotics lab. <laughs> so I now,
1: robotics, I mean, <laughs> we, we take it for granted now, uh-huh. but at yes. that time, that must have been a brand new thing. Yeah,
0: right? definitely. It was how many years ago? 20, almost 30 years ago. Okay, yeah. so
1: NASA calls you to come to work for them yes. to build a robotics lab. Lab, yes. That must yeah. have been exciting.
0: Well, wow, that was a dream. Since uh, I still remember that in 1969, when... Apollo program when men landed on the moon. I was in, I think, junior high school. Mm-hmm. I was watching a black and white TV. Oh, look at it. If one day I can work for that place, <laughs> my dream will come true. But one day,
1: it, actually, did, it, come did, true. it did come it came, true. It came it did true. Come so come. what? explain robotics to me and what you were doing in building that lab. What, what were some of the more fun aspects of that?
0: Like one of the robots we built and we started from our robotics laboratory now actually already being deployed in the space station. Oh. So I, I call it the astronaut assistant. We call it a Like you have a surgeon, then you have to have a surgical nurse. Huh. A surgeon performing the surgical pr- procedure, then nurse will hand the tools to him. Yeah. So the robo is a robot, intelligent robot, so that he will help the astronaut doing the procedure.
1: And that's being used today? Yes. And the International Space Station? Yes. yes. Amazing. Do you ever look up in the sky and think
0: "Oh, yes. some of my work is up there? <laughs> oh, yes. Definitely so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's amazing. So you came to Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were trained in Texas at Lamar yes. University. You got yes. the job at NASA. You're a believer in Christ at yes. this point.
0: Uh-huh. You're going to church. Yes. Um, and then God called you into ministry. I was working for NASA for 14 years. I led a group of uh, 40 scientists and engineers doing robotics research. Then one day, my pastor, my senior pastor, back then, called me into his office. He told me, so, James, I have been called by another church, very large church, to serve in New York. I have decided to accept the call. And the next thing he told me, he said, James, I want you to take over. Hmm. I-, I was stumped.
1: Now, by uh, this time, you, had you gone to seminary?
0: Yes, I was.
1: You'd well, gone to Dallas Theological Seminary? Yes.
0: At that time, Dallas Theological Seminary already started their Houston campus. Oh, so so okay. I was able to take most of courses uh, in Houston, and then just in summer and winter time I drive to, to uh, Dallas and take more courses. Were, the,
1: were you the only scientist in seminary, do you think?
0: <laughs> well, actually, I noticed that quite a few. Quite a few, uh, in my class, I would say at least half of them are engineering or science major. Really? Yes. For some reason.
1: Yeah. You think of of scientists being opposed to uh, to the scripture and to you know the things of the Lord, but you weren't.
0: Astronauts back then, were, those astronauts I know at least half of them actively involved in church. All right. So really depends how you see it. Uh, yeah. What I, the environment I was seeing, what I see is uh, science and and the faith. It's not in conflict at mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you accept the call as pastor of that church?
0: My immediate response was, oh, oh "Pastor Kwang, you've been you've been pastor for for people for fifteen years, fourteen years. I've been pastor for robots for fourteen <laughs> years. Robots and people are very different. Robots <laughs> do not talk back." <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you accepted the call, didn't yes, you? Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, I accepted the call. And we
1: get, talk a lot about God's call on this yes. program. You felt that very keenly,
0: didn't you? Very keenly. So I gave up my really the work I love most. Mm. And really, at that time, I read the Bible, they come to a verse in Job. saying, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Yes. And suddenly, I, I was shocked and said, yes, even I enjoyed everything I do now. But tomorrow, it could be not mine. Mm, mm. Then I talked to my wife. I said, well, my dear, uh, to serve a pastor, we have to have a both a husband and wife. We have to have yeah. the same mind it's and the team. same calling. Right. It's a team. mm mm-hmm. And so we prayed for each other and prayed together for a long time. Finally, her response is, well, okay, calling is yours. I didn't hear that. Uh-huh. But obedience is mine. Oh, bless her heart. Wow. And since then, she's been walking together with me.
1: How long did you serve the church?
0: Another 14 years.
1: Any regrets when you became a pastor looking back on what you did give up, though?
0: Never, never regret. A single bit back then, when I was um, serving in NASA, I enjoy everything, um, but really, those things does not have an eternal value. And the 14 years as I served the church, became pastor, I really cherished those moments when a newborn baby was just born. The first one they see, their mom. The second one, their dad. The third one they see, me. The pastor. <laughs> the pastor. <laughs> I will hold them in my arm, bless them, pray for them, and bless their whole life. And then for many times, I also hold hands for some seniors going home. As I hold their hand, send amazing grace to them and see they are smiling going home. Nothing can change like that.
1: This conversation with Dr. James Wong about ministry in China will continue in just a moment. This weekly program is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company. Together, we are committed to telling the stories of Christ at work in the nations of the world. FEBC broadcasts the gospel in nearly 50 of those countries, reaching people in over 100 languages, introducing them to God's love and discipling them through God's word. To learn more about FEBC and its broadcast, please visit FirstPersonInterview.com and click the banner FEBC. That's FirstPersonInterview.com. My guest on First Person today is my friend, Dr. James Wong. James is Executive Director of Chinese Ministries at the Far East Broadcasting Company. We are actually in the studios of FEBC in La Mirada, California, and a great privilege to sit here and talk with my friend James today, who, uh, as we've established, uh, started out as a trained scientist working yes. in robotics, and then became a pastor. Yes, and then at some point, God called you from the pastorate to Southern California to yes. this ministry called the Far East Broadcasting, Broadcasting Company. How much did you know about FEBC before you came here?
0: I knew FEBC pretty well because I, while as well, I was a pastor. I served as uh, a volunteer in FEBC Chinese ministry for about the same time, about 14 years.
1: So you've always been conscious about reaching back to the countries of China and Taiwan in ministry.
0: At the same time, actually, I go back to China and reach out to people and share the the good news and my personal experience, how God has worked on me with the people over there. Mm
1: -hmm. We talked about God's call to the pastorate. Tell me about his call to FEBC. Was that any less difficult of a transition?
0: It is very difficult difficult frankly speaking because i was a, uh, a pastor for that church and I've been friend and brother and sisters and son for our members for together for 28 years mm. the best part of my life back then in 2010 i still remember that that year i was uh, helping my uh, daughter uh, to move from houston to Los Angeles. She just got a very good job in Los Angeles. Okay, so, so she preceded you here. So we drove together for three days, from Houston all the way to Los Angeles. About to reach uh, uh, Los Angeles, about ninety miles away from Los Angeles, when we came to a place, it was still on the highway. There was um, wasn't many cars, and it was still quite wilderness. I call. <laughs> and suddenly, my car started to vibrate. Oh. I said, well, there's something wrong. So I told my, told my daughter, well, let's find out the place we need to get off and probably need to get the car repaired. And then at the same time, not only my car vibrates, my phone also vibrates. Looks like someone is sending a, a, a short message or text message to me. But I, don't, I didn't dare to, to, to look at it.
1: Uh-huh, you so driving, we yeah. tried
0: to navigate the car very cautiously and very nervously. After two miles, we get off the highway. Actually, I, I already smelled there's a burning smell. Oh. So there's something wrong. So I told my uh, daughter, get off of the car. Mm-hmm. As we get out of the car, I look at my tie. On one of my tire on the right was totally separated, tree separation. Oh. So my whole car it was uh, tilted. So how can I get off my highway for two miles and stop over here? Not only that when I look up I parked in, right in front of a good
1: <laughs> The tire shop was right there.
0: Yes, <laughs> right in front of the tire shop. Yeah. Right in front of the tire shop. So I went into a tire shop. I asked them, so can you fix my tire? They said, well, no problem. But did you just look at that? We are a truck tire shop. Oh. I said, please help me. It's already Friday afternoon, 5 o'clock. I don't want to stay overnight over here. If you call around, see, yeah. if, and the tire shop can, i willing to ship one over here. And I want paper price. And they said, okay, we we check. And just in five minutes, he came back and said, we found one tie exactly your size. Do you want it? So, praise the Lord. Of <laughs> course I want it. So as they are replacing my tire, so I said, hey, just a while ago, someone sent me a a a, a text message. What is that? As I opened that text message, I read that. Psalm 32.8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you.
1: So you took that as God speaking to you, yeah. that He would lead you and guide you and equip you and for the job. Powerful.
0: I didn't. I did not look for a job. <laughs> and then what happened? What happened after that? And then I we came to Los Angeles as I had my um, daughters start, move move in, and then the second day, my wife also flying and help to to settle down. So after that, wow, well, since we've been involved in FEBC for, for uh, many, many years as a volunteer, let's go to visit. Uh, <laughs> visit and There was your mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so as I came to FEBC, I started to uh, I visit all coworkers. Back then, my predecessor, Eddie, mm-hmm. uh, was out of town. And so... Maria was an uh, administrator at that time. Maria said, well, the Eddie, the uh, executive director, is out of town, so, uh, but I will take you around and see the place. And then after uh, we visited, gave me a tool, then said, why don't you just take a picture in his office? She actually specifically, why don't you sit on his seat? <laughs> <laughs> I will take an office. I said, I cannot sit on his seat. I would take oh, a, take my a picture in his office.
1: Yeah. So And before you know it, you are in charge and, and moving to Southern California. <laughs> then
0: they took a picture of me. Two weeks later, Eddie came back. He sent me an email. He said, well, James, I like all the pictures you took with our coworkers. But there's one picture I like most. It's the picture you took. In my office.
1: Sitting in the boss's chair.
0: He said, why don't you take this <laughs> office as yours? Well, good. <laughs> so my first response is, oh, I can't. My wife is a pharmacist in Houston. Mm-hmm. And the pharmacy license uh, is only in Texas, um, but California does not take Texas license. You know, I, I told him, well, since my wife is working in Texas and she doesn't really want to move out until she retire over here. So I told him, the earliest my wife will retire will be 2013. Hmm. So I really just politely declined Mm -hmm. in this way. The next email, Eddie sent me and said, well, the timing is just good. I prepared to retire in 2014.
1: (laughs) God had already decided where you should go next, hadn't he? I want to talk about uh, the ministry of FEBC, yes. Chinese Department, yes. and uh, I know you have such a heart for the country of China. It is such a huge country, and yes. we know, we just know there's so many believers there. Yes. What is FEBC able to do? Just give me the highlights of what's going on ministry-wise.
0: Yes, I would say the first part is let, it's, uh, uh, let's look back at history. And Chinese ministry, FEBC, have been serving China for 66 years.
1: 66 years. The
0: same year as a new China, communist China started to mm-hmm. establish a new government yeah. in China.
1: Late 40s, 49 maybe? 49. 49. yeah. That was
0: exactly the same year we started to broadcast
1: Okay. in China. That was a God thing too, wasn't it? And understand there was no response for a long time.
0: For a long time, there was no response, especially during Cultural Revolution use of the persecution everywhere, the uh, the pastor being arrested and put into to to the labor camp and believers, all the Bible were confiscated. Yeah. And we even broadcast read word by word of the whole Bible. mm mm-hmm. So people over there can copy it down. Oh, I've
1: heard stories about that. It's yeah. amazing. And this the radio signal shortwave into yes. China was jammed by the government.
0: Yeah. Actually not long ago I was just met a a guy that's now he's a believer. He said, back then, my job was actually jamming your signal. I was head of that radio station. Jam your signal. <laughs> he was the anti-broadcaster. Oh, yes. but, right, right.
1: But but uh, there's no jamming going on today. No. Shortwave penetrates. Yeah. But it's right. not just shortwave radio that FEBC does. Right. You have right. now with the internet, that's opened yes. up new possibilities, now, even I mean, in China.
0: Yeah, not only we have a shortwave, and now we also have AM broadcast. And then from AM broadcast, now we expand it to internet and the smartphone. Okay. Especially for coastal area in the bigger bigger cities, younger people no longer own a shortwave radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, even very uh, small percentage of them are listening to AM radio. They probably listen to FM radio because the sound quality is much better. Yes. So, I would say the listenership for for AM and shortwave are gradually moving into rural area and uh, minority tribal areas. So
1: you're using the, yeah. the internet as a yeah. as a radio platform yes. now.
0: So, for radio broadcast, nowadays, we redefine it. So we're broadly casting the network. Mm-hmm. So the, Broadcasting is not only radio broadcasting also the webcasting so we, we, I I say, I believe that we give about eighty percent of our traffic through internet and smartphone yeah, and
1: you track the listenership very carefully yes. how many yes. people are 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 listening
0: through internet we can very safely to say, say that about every month we have about 10 million uh clicks to to browse our web. Every month, Uh 10 million Million clicks clicks.
1: Uh on on the ministry of FEBC on the website. Chinese ministry. 10 million every month. Uh How many downloads?
0: And about 1 million downloads Uh every month. Every month. Those those numbers
1: are astounding.
0: Broadcasting the gospel message. Really, we should really define it as (laughs) broadly casting the (laughs) network. Well, the internet's the world's most powerful transmitter, right? definitely. Yeah. Yeah, But
1: it extends even to, to an online seminary. Yes. How many yes. students enrolled in the seminary?
0: Yeah, so uh, through the internet and through radio broadcast, we have Liangyou Inter uh, theological seminary. So far, we have about 14,000 registered students for in the past 34 years, and currently active students about 3,400.
1: But you don't really know how many people are utilizing the seminary materials,
0: do you? Uh, listening to them, I say probably 10 times more. Wow. So 3,400 current students, registered students doing homework.
1: I wish we had more time to tell all these stories. They are incredible stories, James. But just briefly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why is the Chinese government allowing this ministry to flourish like this?
0: Well, actually, over years, they see that it's also a positive factor for the stable society. They have seen that we broadcast so many programs talking about how to keep a good family life, how to be honest, how do you you deal with uh, uh, all the issues in your workplace. All
1: based in scripture.
0: Based on scripture, but we don't have to, sometimes we don't have to specifically quote the scripture. Sure. They know that what we do is good for the society, for the whole society. Hmm. So I would say in the past 30 years, they don't jam. The government doesn't jam our program anymore. Hmm. They think, they consider it is a good factor for the whole society.
1: You You must be grateful to God for the opportunity you have.
0: Definitely so. Definitely
1: so. The ministry of Far East Broadcasting Company in places like China continues to grow as Christ is proclaimed. Our guest has been James Wong, Executive Director of Chinese Ministries at FEBC. And there's more information at FirstPersonInterview.com. While we talk with a variety of guests and ministries each week, our association with the Far East Broadcasting Company is largely what makes this program possible. And now the daily audio feature, FEBC Today, can be heard on many stations. Each day, Ed Cannon, president, joins me in the studio to tell the stories of lives transformed by the power of the gospel as proclaimed by FEBC and local language radio programs. To listen to a sample, go to firstpersoninterview.com and click on the FEBC banner. Next week, we'll talk about caring for orphans in this world. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person.